This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hello and welcome to Killer Queens, a true crime podcast. I'm your host, Torella. And I'm your better, prettier, younger host, Tori. We're sisters who are obsessed with true crime and love gal-palin with you about cases. You can expect the occasional curse word, lots of friends quotes, and all the 90s nostalgia. To get in on the conversation, check us out at KillerQueensPodcast.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at KillerQueensPodcast. And we're on YouTube at KillerQueens, a true crime podcast. Okay, y'all, grab your Capri Suns or your Surge and let's talk about some true crime. Hello, hello. Hey. Today we're covering the case of Don Lewis, the disappearance of Don Lewis. So obviously this is a huge case in the media, I guess, in the sense that I I bet if you did a poll of the world, it would be like 99% would say Carol Baskin killed him. And then 1% would be like, I'm not sure. Like, and that one person is uh, Howard Baskin. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Um. So we kind of wanted to to dive in because obviously the Netflix show they can't do they can't go into every single thing that's out there, and even the podcast, the Wondery podcast on Tiger King, had a little bit different information. So you know you kind of get a different take here and there on it. But we wanted to dig in, see what we could find out there, and figure out, you know, where we stand with things. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Jack Donald Don Lewis was born April 30th, 1938 in Dade City, Florida. There's pretty much no information known about his parents and childhood, but we do know that Don was raised by a single mother who worked as a tailor to make ends meet. Oh, and thank you, Sloan, for researching this. Yes, love you, girl. Don grew up poor, so after he graduated from the University of Georgia, he began building his empire. As a native Floridian, Don stayed local and made millions in trucking, real estate, and used cars. How do, like, I, we have a friend who has a bunch of businesses. I don't understand how they work together. Like, I couldn't tell you what he does. He's a transponster, I guess. Like, <laughs> I don't know, but it's just, he has these, like, separate companies. One of them involves trucking. and. Like He's I don't, got his hand in all kinds of different stuff. Yeah. I don't know how you build an empire, a conglomerate. Right. A, I don't even, I don't know how you make millions doing yeah. anything. Like, I feel obviously. like, yeah, all those people that you meet that are like, that I have come in contact with that are like uber rich, have like a bunch of several businesses that they've just built. Or investments like in real estate, things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it seems like that's the way to go, so. Yeah, but you have to make good choices. Right. That's hard to do. Before his business ventures made him a millionaire, Don got married super young. So, in 1955, he was 17. He married Gladys, who, if you've seen Tiger King, you meet. Um, and she was the tender age of 14 when they got married. Can you imagine? 
Not even a little. What is that? Freshman high freshman in high school? Right, yeah. Yeah, ninth grade. I was too busy wearing studded belts and pretending like I was a skater chick. Like So during their marriage, Don and Gladys had three daughters, Gail, Linda, and Donna, who we meet all of them in the show, don't we? Well, we only meet two. Oh, that's right. Okay. Gail yeah, yeah. and Linda. Donna's not there. Okay. They look to be the same age as Gladys in the show. Like, I didn't know who they all were. And t- I mean, obviously, until they introduced them. But, like, I just thought they all looked about the same age. So Gladys is timeless. Yeah, she really is. Okay, so Don and Gladys are married from 55 to 81. And 81 is when he meets Carol. So they're still married at this point. But this is a long marriage. <laughs> Um, in 1981, Don met Carol Stairs Jones Murdoch at that time. That is a name. That's a name. Wow. Okay, so if you've watched the show or listened to the podcast, you know the story of how they met. Um, but if you haven't watched it, we will tell you now. <laughs> uh, Carol says that the two met when Don was driving and saw her walking down the road after a really bad fight with her current husband at that time, Michael Murdoch. She says he drove by her once and asked if she wanted a ride. And she's like, no, I'm fine. And so he circled around and came back by and stopped again. And he's like, look, I have a gun and slid it across the passenger seat. And it's like, you can hold the gun on me. It's not a big deal. Like, that should make you feel safe. You can hold the gun on me. She, like, laughs like it's not that big of a deal or not weird. If somebody pulled up to me while I was walking alone... At night. And pulled a gun out? And pulled a gun out. I wouldn't be like, oh, thank God. I feel much safer now. Right. It's like, if you have the one that I obviously didn't know about the first time, what do you have else in the car that I don't know about? I don't know. It would... And why is he trying to get her out of the car so bad? Like, if she if she's not into it, she's not into it. Right. And how does she know if the gun is loaded, if it's not loaded? Like, what if he just gave her an unloaded gun making her feel safe, and then he's got something loaded. Like, not saying that Don was like that, but... That's actually really true. I didn't even think about the unloaded, loaded situation. Yeah, I mean, it could be something that does you no good. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. I doesn't really make a lot of sense. It's just not the type of, like, oh, that's how we met moment that you kind of see in a rom-com, for instance. Right, yeah, it's, yeah. Or a Hallmark original holiday movie. Exactly. Um, There were no dogs. Usually there's a dog. But Carol felt safe with that. So she got in the car. We all are on our own journeys. She says that they then went to a motel that night and she stayed with him. And that, and she like is very adamant. Nothing happened. Nothing happened that she expected because they drove around talking for what hours and like, I don't know, whatever. So she expected that when they get to the hotel or motel or whatever, that he's going to try to make a move. Yeah, that at that point he'd say, okay, now you owe me this or whatever. And she said he just gave her one of his like old pairs of pajamas and they went to bed. And she was like, nobody had ever been, nobody had ever treated me like that before. Like not expecting essentially sex at the end of a date or hanging out or whatever. So she felt like he was... You know, he was different. He was a he was a good guy. They were both married at this point still. So Carol had gotten a fight in a fight with her husband and she threw a potato at him so she could leave. Um, the old potato ploy. Yep. But they're not divorced yet and he is not divorced from Gladys. So they start up an affair 
It has been suggested that Carol was just one of the many women that Don was seeing on the side, and I think that is supported by the way that, like, the the secretaries knew at his office that if somebody called asking for not his real name to put him them through to him. Yeah, he gave out different names. He had little aliases for different women in his life. Yeah. Carol began helping Don sell real estate in 1984. So this is, they've been together three years at this point. And by 1991, the two had divorced their current spouses and had married each other. So this was a very long partnership for them. This was not... Don started seeing this younger woman, and in five months they were married. Like, they they were together a long time. Don and Gladys had been married for thirty years at that point. So, Carol, her big cat rescue website, she's got a part of it just devoted to refuting Tiger King, which she calls refuting Tiger King. And she said that Gladys demanded a divorce in 1989 so that she could marry another man from church. And in getting that divorce, Gladys agreed to settle for $1 million. Then, in 1996, she sued him for more. And Carol, of course, linked to the court documents. So if you've looked at that Refuting Tiger King site, she's got court all kinds of court documents linked, which I don't feel is helpful for me. I, I don't, I can't look at a, like, conservatorship document and know what what any of of it means yeah so it's like but she does link to a lot of court documents she's got receipts yes carol's side also says that when she met don his business involved cutting axles off of trailers and selling them back to great dane she claims that don was not a millionaire when she met him but he was worth six figures however carol basically says this didn't mean he was rich but since he came from nothing he felt rich so she kind of Talked about it like, you know, everybody was like, oh, he's this big, rich guy and you're using him for his money and all this stuff. And she's like, he he felt rich, but like. In the grand scheme of things, like compared to, yeah, yeah, compared to what he came from kind of thing. She says that no records have come forward saying that he was worth more than six figures. I would gladly take six figures. Not saying that she's like snubbing her nose at it or anything or. Yeah. Thumbing, what, is that the right snubbing? What do you have? Hmm. Put turning it up. What do you turn your nose up? Turning yeah. your nose up at it? I think you just snub something. You don't snub your nose at it. <laughs> I think you either snub it I or you turn your nose up at it. Snubbing your nose at it is actually the peak of, well, pin a rose on your nose. La ti da. Like, who even gives a, hit, a hell? What? <laughs> what is wrong with me? I'm innovative. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sure. (laughs) That's what we'll do. Um, But if Carol says that there's nothing that supports the fact that he was a millionaire, isn't it a known fact that she is and she has been since she was with him? So, like, where did it come from? I mean, they, they amassed it together. Is that what she's saying? I don't. Yeah. Maybe is she just saying there's nothing to say that he was a millionaire before they met? I don't know, but they definitely, they were very successful together. And he was proven to be, have been successful before her. Right. And if she's got millions of dollars now to be doing big cat rescue and all that kind of stuff. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand that, that comment from her. Right. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. She goes on to say this about how Don got not rich, only comparatively rich, I guess. Sort of rich. Yeah. So she says one day at the bank, he overheard a bank officer say he had a $20,000 loan in default. He would be glad to sell for 2000 He got the information, and because he could not read beyond a first-grade level, he asked me to look into it. In brief, we bought the loan, foreclosed, and sold the property for a substantial profit. That's what got us into the real estate business. We started buying defaulted loans from banks and going to tax deed sales. This was before this became a popular business. There were only a few people doing it. With me doing the research, negotiations, and title clearing on the properties, we built this to a portfolio of properties to rent or resell that was worth around $5 million at the time of his disappearance. We kept the properties in trusts. During the roughly 10 years we were partners before his divorce and our marriage, there were properties we bought together and some Don bought on his own or with another woman, Pam. When we married, I put all those I had not worked on into one trust. The ones from our joint efforts were kept in a separate trust. The trust holding the properties I was not involved in was set up with his children as beneficiaries if he passed and called the PRSL Land Trust. I was the beneficiary of the trust holding the properties I was involved in. Anyone can search his name in public records from 1950 to 1997 to see that this is true. In 1992, Don and Carol bought land in Tampa and founded Wildlife on Easy Street. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to stop you right there. I hate that name. Mm-hmm. I hate it all day long. There's something about like just the term Easy Street mm. that really pisses me off. Really? I don't enjoy it. Not even a little bit. And I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and pretend any longer. I don't like it. I don't think you should have to. You shouldn't have to hide your true self. It's I'm not going to. I'm having my we're not gonna take it moment. Okay. All right. It's a shit name. It is. Duly noted. <laughs> so they founded it as a sanctuary for big cats. Don's business mind wanted to use this place to breed the cats, so... It's a business. Yeah, it's a business, not a sanctuary. No. But uh, more of like a puppy mill, but for big cats. And Carol wanted it to be the sanctuary that it claimed to be to save the animals. So already they're not seeing eye to eye with the vision of the super shitty named Wildlife on Easy Street. (laughs) Right, exactly. That was one major point of contention in the marriage. It was not the only point of contention in the marriage. According to Carol, Don was, and even his daughter says, didn't she call him like a sexaholic? She said if there was a term for it, I guess now it would be a sexaholic. Yeah. So um, 
Sloan used the term horn dog. I like it just fine. So she said that Don frequently would go to Costa Rica pretty much every month when she would have been like during her cycle so that he could still have sex during that time of the month. She also said that he was so that was a problem for them. She didn't like that. I'm not. I don't know. It, it didn't seem to be a problem that he was still married before. But now that they're married and he's seeing other women, that is now, it seems, a problem for her. But mm-hmm. um, Don was, she said, the kind of a businessman who wore jeans and carried around buttloads of cash. For, How, what exactly is a buttload? Well, I think he would carry around $5,000 to $5,000 on him all the time. Based on the fact that that's probably how much he could fit in his butt? Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Okay. I could fit more. <laughs> Way more. Way Easy. More. That's a... Um, together. Together reference. Good movie. Oh, and she said he would carry all this cash for, like, if he happened to see a plane he wanted to buy or something like that. Like, he would just buy it. Relatable. Yeah. So, Carol said that during the time before he disappeared, Don's mental health was starting to deteriorate. Cheryl is the only one that can vouch for this, though. Yeah, nobody else does. Like, all of his friends that they talk to, his lawyer that they talk to, who he had frequent communication with, all say, no, Don was sharp. He remembered things. He was on top of everything. Anne McQueen, his his, uh, secretary for many years, didn't notice anything like that. Now, Carol says that there were people that she talked to that at that time that said yeah we've been noticing it too but the only people that i saw or heard her talk about were volunteers at wildlife on easy street it wasn't like who, close friends of theirs or his children or anything yeah and who none of which materialized to, to corroborate that yeah yeah according to one article in his prime don was a guy who could mentally compute tax on things quicker than most people could get out their calculator wow it's impressive, especially if he only made it to what? Say, grade school? Grade? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that? Yeah. But Carol claims that Don was starting to dumpster dive and started to collect crap and nonsensical, useless things. Yeah, nobody else says that, though. And, okay, let's say that that's true. That is very much a generational thing, too, because if you are of a certain generation and when you were younger especially him being poor growing up you collect things because you never know what the state of your finances or you know economically what it's going to be like for you and that happens all the time it's like that depression generation yeah you just save stuff Mm -hmm. and you reuse stuff and you never know when you can use this and blah blah you know it's it even if that's true right yeah. I don't see a problem with it, I guess, necessarily. Yeah, but, and she said that he was losing his memory. She thought he was in the beginning stages of Alzheimer's. If if all of that is true and it all went together, you know, yeah, I could see, okay, something's going on here, but it, it just doesn't seem like one other person noticed that at all no. before he disappeared. So, like, I mean, okay, it's it's a story, but who it's not there's no proof of it i mean like she's the only one who's perpetuating this narrative like right okay his former business associate wendell williams um i think he's in the 
He is. Doctor, okay. He said that Carol claiming all of this, like, Alzheimer's and the dumpster diving and all these things was just her way of... Like, defamation of character type of thing? Yeah, like, kind of character assassination to go ahead and set the stage for what's to come. Like, you know, in some cases that we've covered, um, somebody will murder somebody, try to make it look like a suicide, and nobody... And not that, not that if you are fighting severe depression that everybody around you is going to know it. It you, it can be hidden, too. But, you know, police will talk to friends and family. Everybody will be like, no, he was making future plans. You know, he was really excited about this. We were going to go on this trip together. Like, all these things. And then that one person will be like, yeah, he was really depressed, and he even talked about suicide all the time. Like, trying to steer it that way when you're trying to take that focus off of you and put it somewhere else exactly and it's super convenient it's like well Mm -hmm. now can that legitimately happen 100 percent. yeah but i think that police do look at that as a little bit of a red flag well especially when it's the spouse yeah very common for it's you know we always say the husband did it Mm mm-hmm it's it's common. They look at the spouse first, and if she's the only one that they can find to be like, yeah. Right. Yeah. And she does benefit. Yeah, there you go. And we haven't even gotten to the other history, but she benefits monetarily. You know, she's the beneficiary on a lot of stuff. And she gets to have her park the way that she, or sanctuary the way that she wants to have it. Yeah. And let's not forget how hard Carol will fight with anybody. Who tries to change the way she wants. Yeah. So that's obviously very important to her enough that she'll spend millions of dollars suing somebody over it. So, Mm. you know, it's just things to keep in mind. In July of 97, Don filed for a restraining order against Carol, stating that she had threatened to kill him and had hid his guns from him. Carol's side was that he filed it because he got mad that she would get rid of the junk he'd been collecting when he would take off for his Costa Rica trips. The request for a restraining order was rejected because of freedom of speech. I don't even understand that. I don't either. I guess they're saying that she can say whatever she wants. Like, it's freedom of speech to make threats against people. It doesn't become real until you've done something. Right, because, yeah, the whole her threatening to kill him... And stuff like that, I guess. It's like, she's a grown-up. She can say what she wants to say. Right, exactly. And and she would also, like... But see, in Tiger King, I don't remember her saying that she got rid of all this junk he was collecting. And maybe I just breezed over that. But I do remember her saying that she would start spaying and neutering the cats when he was in Costa Rica. She'd get a vet out there as quick as she could because she didn't want to keep breeding them. And I know that was definitely... A point of contention for them too right i don't remember to be honest i don't remember if it was in tiger king or if it was on the wondery uh podcast because i've listened to most of the wondery podcast and watched in the entirety of tiger king multiple times i don't remember it happening on tiger king right. but i do remember hearing at some point somebody or her saying that she would just kind of get rid of clear out stuff that he had amassed i don't know okay yeah so maybe that's where it is Don and Gladys's daughter, Gail, does not believe that Don would have gone to the police unless he truly felt that he was in danger. So, you know, all these things you have to take with a grain of salt. Family is going to, it's like the dateline phenomenon. Like, 
when somebody passes away, all you can remember is they lit up a room. They were the life of the party. You know, their smile was contagious and like all these things. You want to remember all the great stuff and, you know, all those things. So I always try to take that kind of stuff with a grain of salt. But Anne McQueen knew about it. I mean, there are other people that knew about this restraining order. There are other people that knew that he feared for his life or that he was at least felt like she was going to maybe do something to him. But I think the the part of it that makes it so crucial is that he went missing after that. Like, there you go. You know, I mean, you can say because all day long, I don't have I've never taken out a restraining order against anybody. If I did, it wouldn't really be that big of a deal because not, I mean, God forbid I need to knock on something nothing's happened to me but once i go missing then it's like oh shit she knew you know yeah exactly this was real yeah she had a legitimate reason to want to file this yeah that that makes it real yeah it's sad another wildlife sanctuary owner mark mccarthy said that don had expressed concern for his safety to him in the months prior to his disappearance so here's another person According to Don's first wife, Gladys, Don wanted a divorce from Carol, but Carol said she didn't take him seriously and it never happened. See, and the difference here is Carol's accounts of what has happened have brought no witnesses to corroborate. On Don's side, they found multiple people who were like, yeah, Mm -hmm. and paper evidence. Like paper, yeah. They had, she, there are receipts for that. Copy of it, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's kind of like, you know, when we talked about Joe Exotic's conviction and how he got on the stand to testify, he didn't come across well because he had an answer for everything. Right. Carol's like that, too. Yeah. So, well, honestly, it could almost have worked for Joe, but it usually doesn't for people who testify get, uh, for themselves, but... If anything ever went to trial, I would just tell Carol not to testify in her own defense because it won't come off well. She doesn't she doesn't come across as a she doesn't have that like charisma that draws you in. People people love to hate her. I mean they just yeah. do. Like all of the world right now hates her. It's and whether sad, that's valid or founded or not, I don't know, but I don't particularly love I don't like watching her. I don't because she's got that that thing and it happens all the time. We we discussed it on the Tiger King podcast, I think, or uh, the episodes that we did. But like. She's got that thing where she it's a, uh, maybe a nervous laughter, like she mm. laughs at all the yeah. wrong times. Yeah. And it beca- it comes across as not genuine and either boast or uh, like, I don't know, boasting is the right word, but you know, kind of like reveling in that she got away with something or that she doesn't care very much. Like, right, it just, yeah. it do, it's not genuine. Yeah, and sometimes it's kind of condescending. Like, with the rabbit yeah. picture, you know, she's like, do I really have to explain to people why we would take pictures with bloody rabbits? Like <laughs> with, with blood on their noses? My goodness. Yeah, and I mean, maybe just explaining, like, hey, and just take the... Take it... Uh, own it a little bit yeah 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 we probably shouldn't have taken those pictures that you know hindsight doesn't look so good but they were excited you can say why they were excited because their favorite cat finally got a whole rabbit but but i see what you're saying i see where you're coming from yeah i can see why you know that might look a little strange instead of just being like you people are so stupid that you can't understand why we'd want to take these pictures like it you know there's ways to 
not necessarily burn bridges, I think. But I think that the thing is, and it, it this is what we saw. This is not a Tiger King. We're not going to recap Tiger King. But in the Tiger King documentary, everybody is kind of their own biggest fan. And sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't work. And I feel like for Carol, it just doesn't work. Like mm-hmm. she loves herself so much. I'm glad she does. It's working for her in her own little uh in a big cat rescue world yeah yeah but for this it doesn't work for me i don't right. know yeah. she just she's cringy i don't like it yeah okay so now we're to don's disappearance so two months after he tried to file this restraining order on sunday august 17th 1997 don told carol that he had to wake up early early Early. If I have to hear it one more time, I swear. Early, early, early. Early, early, early. The next morning to head out on his trip. On Monday, August 18th, Carol said that Don left the house around 6 a.m. And Don was never seen again. He was supposed to take some real estate signs to his lawyer's office, and the signs were dropped off at the office. But it was before anyone arrived, so nobody saw him or who dropped it off or whatever. After encouragement from Don's first wife and daughters, Carol reported him missing the next day, which was August the 19th, 1997. But she says she saw him leave on the 18th, or she just knows he left on the 18th at 6. I'm not sure that she ever said she saw him leave. I don't, yeah, I don't think so either, but that's his last known whereabouts, so I don't, I'm, I'm assuming she did see him if it was at the house. It is interesting to me, though, that she had to be kind of persuaded or goaded to report him missing because that's her husband and everybody else like his ex-wife and children obviously have a dog in that fight and they really like you know they would be concerned his for his whereabouts but and and yeah yeah, she said that i get where she's coming from but it's just i don't know i heard it on the wondery podcast and in tiger king when she's like carol asked her do you think i should report him missing and she's like uh you think (laughs) like i can't deal with it well and i guess playing devil's advocate if carol does genuinely believe that he's gone on a trip to costa rica is i believe where he's supposed to be going sure and he leaves on monday morning like he's supposed to and then somebody calls and says i can't get in touch with him she's like okay well he's in costa rica like well and she said or in the wondery podcast for sure she said he he would go days without talking to someone like that's not uncommon right and okay let's go with that too if he's going to costa rica let's say that carol's aunt flo's come to town i don't know i hate i just hate myself for what i just said (laughs) but anyway let's say that that's the situation i'm pretty sure if don's going down for some nookie come on the nookie uh he's probably not gonna call her all the time exactly yeah they probably have that's their time to... It's an understanding. Yeah, not be talking to each other all the time. She's doing stuff that she knows he doesn't want her to do. You know, changing the way business is done, getting the cat spayed, neutered, all that kind of stuff. Cleaning out his closets. Yeah, and then he's seeing other women. So, yeah, it wouldn't make sense that they would be in constant contact. True. All right, my argument collapsed on itself. I get it. On August 20th, Don's 1989 Dodge Ram van was discovered 40 miles away at Pilot Country Airport in Spring Hill, Florida. The van had been there for a couple days, parked between some planes and Highway 52, and the keys were found inside on the floorboard. That's not good. Mm-mm. You know, if he was just gone on his trip, you'd think it would have been at the airport. 
And he probably would have taken the keys with him. And he would have taken the keys, right. And Carol said in the Wondery podcast that she, that the seat was pushed super far back. And he's not a very tall man, so there would be no reason that he needed the seat that far back. Right. Yeah. The van, though, was brought back to Life. What is Wildlife it? on Easy Street yeah. and was tested for evidence much later. It, it wasn't. It wasn't the same day. It wasn't like they didn't take it directly to the station and process it. They gave it back to Carol. It sat there for however many days, and then they processed it. So, of course, they didn't find anything. It's a little John Benet Ramsey-esque to me. A little bit. On August 23rd, Carol was asked to take a polygraph, which she refused after her attorney advised against it, which I agree with. But... It, to the public, it doesn't look good. No, it does not. And the police don't feel like it looks good either. No. Carol's legal team supposedly didn't want her co- cooperating with the police as much as she wanted to. So she's saying that she would have cooperated more, but her attorneys told her not to. Again? Could, could be. Could be. Yeah. She told the Tampa Bay Times that if it were up to her, she'd let the police snoop around wherever, including the meat freezers. Did somebody else bring up the meat freezers? Yeah. First? Is she just like... Throwing that out there to be like, look, you guys can check the 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 meat grinders. Yeah, you guys Even, can do that. We can check the. I don't. I don't have any human meat in here. Right. You guys can dig up uh in my yard for bones. I don't have anything. Like yeah, because it's almost one of those things that's like it's just so like so crazy. It just might work. Like maybe if I tell them you can check the meat freezers, they'll be like, oh no, we don't need to check that. <laughs> like I don't know what you're talking about here. Right. Um. Wildlife on Easy Street was eventually searched, but no evidence of foul play was ever found. But eventually, that's the thing. I mean, my gosh, time is of the essence when investigating. Why is it that so many police teams? Hmm. Investigators? Yes. Why are they just like, oh, we'll get around to it. (laughs) It's not the big of a deal. Yeah. Months, years, who cares? That evidence isn't going anywhere. And then they go and investigate and they're like, man, we didn't find anything. Yeah. Well, no shit. Maybe if we'd gotten to it a little earlier. Yeah. Would have. On December 7th, 1998, Don's daughters publicly called out Carol. They told People Magazine that they believed that she killed him. And they haven't stopped saying that since. <laughs> well. As far as I know. They haven't stopped saying it to themselves for a while. Or really anybody who will listen. Right, but like, Carol did serve a cease and desist mm-hmm. about that, so. Right. During their investigation, police discovered that two ocelots were sold from Don's Costa Rica property about a month after he disappeared. The police were unable to find out where the ocelots were shipped or who shipped them. What is an ocelot? It's a cat. Oh, those big, weird-looking ones? No, they look kind of like leopards, but smaller. But they're bigger than a, they're much bigger than a house cat. Oh, yes. Okay. Ain't Joe Mama's house cat. Okay. It's kind of like a leopard. Hmm. That's how French people say. Hmm. Okay. Carol also made numerous attempts to prove that Don was still alive or that he died in another way that didn't involve her. She claimed that Don's attorney in Costa Rica told her that Don had been giving money to a local organized crime gang known as the Helicopter Brothers. The Helicopter Brothers? I mean... Does that sound like a well-to-do crime? Well, like a well-to-do white woman made it up? Oh, yes. <laughs> like, they were called the Helicopter Cuties. <laughs> <I don't laughs> yeah. 
I don't, I don't know. That's what they're called. I don't know. Carol also claimed that the caretaker of the Costa Rica property told her that Don had been seen there after he quote-unquote disappeared. Did the police talk to this guy? I mean, the sheriff's office also said that there was a theory about an insurance scam. So, what, I guess if he faked his own death kind of thing? Or faked his own disappearance and somehow could collect on money? But, like, who collected on that money? So I've seen, I've heard some people say that Carol and Don were in it together, that he wanted to disappear and just cut ties with everybody. And Carol knew about it, and he said, look, I'll give you X amount of dollars to pull this thing off. And she just said, okay, because then that got her rid of him. I mean, it's a thought. I think it, it could hold up, but I don't know how we would prove that. Right. It could, I mean, it makes sense, though. Yeah, good. The sheriff's office went to Costa Rica to investigate reported signings, sightings of Don, but they found nothing. No sign of him. They couldn't find anybody who could point in his direction, like nothing. In order to have a person declared legally dead, you have to wait until they've been missing for five years. So five years and one day after Don was last seen, Carol had him declared legally dead. Don was last seen on August 18, 1997, and was declared legally dead on August 19, 2002. Didn't waste not one bit of time. No. Once he's declared dead, Carol can finally access his will, which she is the executor of, and everything else. Carol later remarried to Howard Baskin, which we all know, and they now run Big Cat Rescue on the same land. I didn't realize it's the same land. Yeah, I thought that it was because they said that she just, the name changed. Wow. Okay. It's kind of, okay. Uh, I think the kids are calling that a, a flex. She's flexing. Oh, okay. Big flex. guess so. In 2011. Oh, by the way, you know, if I am bringing up some kind of, kids need to stop saying that now because I, it's like when your grandmother starts saying like, oh. And they're like, it's not cool anymore. He's, she's fly. It's like, <laughs> oh, well, that, that killed it. Yep. That's done. In 2011, Carol was asked again to take a polygraph, but again, she refused. And again, she's allowed to do that. Yeah. Don's disappearance has been a dark cloud over Carol for many years, and recently the case picked up some steam due to public interest in, we've not mentioned it at all, this episode, <laughs> a little show we like to call Tiger King. Yeah. You might have heard, heard of it. Yeah. So during the... Great pandemic of 2020. If you're watching this down the road, if you're somehow into the future, what a time to be alive. Um, people were trapped at home for months on end. Right now, I think we're in level, what, three of Jumanji? Yeah, because the murder hornets. Shit's getting crazy. Yeah, you guys. Then after the pandemic, then we find out there's murder hornets. I mean, <laughs> what is going on? So... Tiger King just blew it up. I mean, obviously. Oh, and speaking of murder hornets, people, I've seen memes that they're calling them Baskin bees. They put a little Carol Baskin's face on it. In the Netflix series, Carol's dark cloud of suspicion gets darker when other big cat people start pointing the finger at her. Essentially, everybody thinks she killed him. Yeah, if they are asked, do you think Carol killed her husband? They're like, absolutely. Yeah. 
Specifically, Joe Exotic became obsessed with Carol and bringing her down in all the ways that he could. He brought up Carol's missing husband and his theories about what really happened to the documentary crew as well as on his personal TV show, Joe Exotic TV. But all of his 85 subscribers. Yes. Honestly, he's got more than we do, so I shouldn't say anything. True. Yeah. And he called them sagas. The Carol Baskin saga. And he had so many. There was like Carol Baskin saga 36. 52, like, he had a lot. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Joe and other big cat people suggested that perhaps Carol fed him to the tigers on their property, and Joe suggested Don could be in a septic tank. See, that's the thing that doesn't make any sense to me, because when asked, he's like, I guarantee it. I 100% know that that's what happened to him. And then in the same breath, he's like, or also he could have been uh, buried in the septic tank. Like, you can't be fed to tigers and also be in the septic tank? Right. Which one is it? Yeah. I don't know. Unless this is terrible, but I think this is probably what you guys expect from us at this point. Unless there was like Charlie everywhere. You know what I mean? Mm, Yeah. Which, I mean, if you're fed to a wild animal, there would be pieces. Yeah, that's horrible. I've seen Jurassic Park. Right. The court of social media jumped on this scandal and pumped out meme after meme about Carol feeding Don to the cats. It's really great. They're everywhere. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The people have made some really great memes. I am so mad that I'm not clever enough. Now, if she didn't do it, that sucks. Yeah. Because this is, I mean, I could not, I, don't, I would never want to be Carol Baskin in this moment. Never. No, 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 no. With public interest at a peak, the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office decided that there should be more investigation into the disappearance of Don Lewis, which, like Gladys and everybody have been 
yelling about forever. Well, and again, okay, so let's say that Carol did not do it. Still kind of sucks for her, you know? Like, I'm sure if she didn't do it, she just wants to put this to bed. Like, she just wants to be done with it. Yeah, And then here comes Tiger King, and she's like, son of a bitch. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Great. Um, Joseph Fritz, which was his lawyer. With the nice tie. Yeah, Don's lawyer, said that maybe Don went to look at a plane that he wanted to buy, and somebody pushed him out of the plane. But Carol actually doesn't agree with that theory. She thinks it's possible that Don was looking at a plane that morning, but it was more likely that the plane crashed in the Gulf of Mexico. Carol brings up that Don had once had a pilot's license, but it was revoked after he crashed multiple times. Well, she said it, he got it taken away like the day after he got it. Yeah, yeah, that's what she said there. But And this says he crashed three times, so... Flown with you twice, he crashed half the time. Exactly. She says that because his license was revoked, Don continued to fly under the radar. So he would, like, not file flight plans. He would, you know, not let people know what he was doing. He would try to get around all these things. She proposed that he tried to fly the plane somewhere, possibly Costa Rica, and crashed, or that he made it there but couldn't be tracked because it was an unreported flight. That dog ain't gonna hunt. Mm-mm, no sir. And here's not. why. One of those small planes would not have made it to Costa Rica on one tank of gas. He would have had to refill multiple times, which would have left a trace or more sightings. Somebody would have seen him. He would have blown it. Like, how do you stop for gas in a plane? Like, where do you stop? There's only so many places that could happen, right? So, like... It's not like the Jetsons where there's places in the sky, right? Exactly. So, somebody's going to have... Somebody would have seen him. Like, they would know. Joe Exotic's theory, and the theory of many others, is that Carol killed Don, fed him to the tigers, and so many people in the Tiger King documentary and around the world think that Carol chopped him up and fed him to the tigers, or possibly put him through the meat grinder. Don's daughters and ex-wife believe that the meat grinder on Carol's property should have been tested for DNA. And this is where, again, we're not talking about Tiger King only, but... This is one of the times when Carol is being interviewed about it. And she's like, it's this tiny little, what was it called? Something boy, butcher boy, butcher boy, butcher boy. And she's like, that is so, it's so silly. This is silliness. Yeah. She's like, I couldn't fit, you know, his hand through there, much less his whole body. And And she's like doing that nervous laughter. Yeah. It just doesn't sound good. Like she's like, you know, he couldn't fit through it. You'd have to cut the meat up into, like, one-inch cubes for it to grind up. Like, and, like, who has the time for that? Who wants to do that? Right. It just doesn't sound good. No. I've seen a picture of what she says that meat grinder looks like. It's it's not big enough for a person. It's no bigger than your mother's Jack Russell. Exactly. But just the way... I don't know, but I get, like... Okay, so how do you... If somebody's saying, did you put him in the meat grinder? And you know for a fact your meat grinder is, like, this big. So how do you explain that to somebody? And it sound okay. Like, oh, she's just explaining to me. Like, maybe if you could. And this is probably what, how many years in after the fact and who knows how many times she's answered this exact question. So maybe she like paraphrases. But I, if it was me, hope to God I never have to answer something like this, hopefully. I would just maybe like book end it with, I would, I could never do that. I could never put somebody through a meat grinder. That's, that's ridiculous and insane. I'm not that kind of person. I could never cu- cut somebody up. However, if I had. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. just kidding. Like, yeah, it's just, it's, sim- it's just not possible. I don't know the right way to say it, but yeah, it's not possible. And maybe don't laugh about and it. And don't laugh about it. I think that that's pretty simple, but I'm, 
uh, luckily I'm not the kind of person, I'm not the hell person who gets that nervous laughter in the wrong time. I mean, I do sometimes, but everybody does. Sometimes I don't. Right. Yeah. Carol does all the time. Yeah. At other times, Carol made comments that made it seem like she may know more about how to dispose of a body. So she made comments more than once that you'd have to rub his entire body in sardine oil. I didn't even know sardine oil was a thing. I didn't either. But that you'd have to rub his whole body in sardine oil for a cat to want to eat him. More than once, she says this. I don't like it. Oh, no, 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 no. Because, again, it's just not a good look. Mm -mm. But also... I've seen the movie Hannibal, the sequel to Silence of the Lambs. And in that, there are pigs, right? Feral pigs. And I know that what they say is you, you know, you don't feed them for a while and then you could literally give them a boot and they will eat it. Well, in Tiger King, when you're looking at Joe Exotic and Eric Cowie and everybody getting ready to bring the meat off the trucks, those... Those cats are swarming. I feel like they would have eaten anything. Well, yeah, because they were so hungry. Yeah. And they probably weren't like, what's on the menu today, guys? Yeah, I just, I'm not feeling that. So if you could give me a side of sardine oil with that, I would, I would entertain the idea. Right. I'll have the chef special. Thank you. Yeah, it's. And she also talked about how, like, with the rabbit picture, they, they finally got a full rabbit. Which they never got to do. So, are these cats going to be more hungry and willing to eat stuff they don't like? Also, and I'm, I'm not trying to be, like, you know, graphic or, or gross or whatever, but the Zanesville, Ohio situation. That man, as far as I know, did not cover himself with sardine oil, and he was attacked by those animals. And there was evidence left of that. They didn't... I don't know. I actually don't know how much evidence was left, but I mean, there are multiple occasions of that. The grizzly man guy, he mm-hmm. and his girlfriend. Yep. Yeah. They were. Right. So it, it can happen without that. You don't necessarily have to prep a, a, you don't have to prep it in such a certain delicate way. Right. Joe Exotic's suggestion that Carol hid Don in the septic tank was also unfounded and kind of impossible since the septic tank wasn't installed on the grounds until 10 years after Don disappeared. So there you go. Either way, people believe that the motive Carol would have had for murder is obviously money and control of the sanctuary. With Don gone, Carol got to decide what the sanctuary will and will not do. She got to make all the changes. She changed the name. She can have all of the cats spayed and neutered and, you know, all those things. The breeding stops. hmm Which I think we're, I mean, I don't know how she, I don't know how she got control of this, but good choices. Good change. It's a good change. It's a good change. Yeah. The new mission was to stop cud breeding and rescue big cats from other places that did breed. In the Tiger King docuseries, Anne McQueen, Don's assistant, was interviewed. And in the interview, she claimed that Don left her with documents that were given to her specifically to hold secret. These documents said things like, in the event of my disability or disappearance. However, Carol claims on her side that Anne is not to be trusted and had been found to be embezzling money from Don and had gotten somewhere around $600,000 by using Don's money to buy properties and then putting them in her own name. 
And she she shared some of the court documents of that. And she's like, here, if you don't believe me, look here. And I couldn't make heads or tails of it. Like, I, I feel like you've got to be a lawyer to read those documents and really understand what they're saying. So, again, it's almost that like having an answer for everything. But that answer is a bunch of legalese that doesn't make any sense to the standard person. So it doesn't tell me anything. It doesn't tell me one way or another. I don't I kind of just throw that out because I don't know how to read a conservatorship document. Well, and I feel like I, again, I would not, do not wish being Carol on anybody. I would not want to be Carol right now. If she didn't put anything out, people would be like, look, she's not saying anything. She's not saying anything. Obviously, she's guilty. Yeah, like, and who killed little Gregory? Why don't you defend yourself? You look guilty. Then she puts this out, and I feel like it's almost the legal equivalent of being, hey, look over there. Like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) What are we looking at? Yeah, exactly. And and the fact that his those papers said, in the event of my disappearance, who says that? In the event of my death, yeah. The or it, should I become incapacitated in some right. sense? That standard, not disappearance. I I don't think anybody has ever put that on there because most people don't think about themselves disappearing. Right, and if it does say in the event of my disappearance then you don't have to wait for the whole getting them declared legally dead and all that kind of stuff. Right. And that just, I mean, it's like in the event of my disappearance, the, um, oh, the restraining order, restraining order, mm-hmm. um, him saying, telling multiple people I'm in fear here. Like she's going to, something's going to happen to me. She's threatening to kill me. All of these, she things, hid my guns from me. So I can't protect myself. All of these things are like, I mean, the the deck is stacked against Carol. It is. In my opinion. Yeah. In everybody else's opinion, I think. Despite there being multiple theories and suspects, or at least people that could have had a problem with Don, because somebody who does business, who has a lot of money in doing business, you, you make some enemies, like... We can't win them all, right? Yeah, I mean, you have some people, and I don't know. Th- Carol made it sound like his business dealings were a little shady. Well, the helicopter cuties, yeah. Well, yeah, of course. He's tied to the mafia, obviously. Right. Um, But there are there are other avenues that the police department can go down to, to see if there was somebody else who might have. You know, money doesn't always have to be the motive. It doesn't have to be the person who, who benefits from a life insurance claim. Like, mm-hmm. there's other motives for murder. It could have been a... A business deal gone bad. It could have been other things, too. For sure. Um, but the case has never been solved. The Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office decided that, okay, since Tiger King blew up and there's so many people interested in this case, we're going to reinvigorate the, the investigation, and they're trying to use it to get new leads. Sheriff Chad Cronister went to Twitter on April 1st, 2020, to proclaim the reexamination of the case. It's just so strange to me that, like, a sheriff, and a sheriff's department has a Twitter. I don't know. They like, all maybe, do, yeah. I know, it's but weird, maybe yeah. I'm, like, behind the times up in this old noggin. I don't know, but I'm like, huh? Yeah. They have Facebooks, too. <laughs> okay. okay. He says, since Netflix and COVID-19 quarantine has made Tiger King all the rage. Now, this guy is talking in almost all hashtags. <laughs> <laughs> well. I figured it was a good time to ask for new leads. Hashtag Carol Baskin. Hashtag. Oh. <laughs> What is a hashtag? Hashtag. Hashtag Don Lewis. Hashtag Netflix. Hashtag Tiger. Hashtag Big Cat Rescue. Hashtag Joe Exotic. Hashtag Tiger Clean Netflix. Kit. Oh. 
<laughs> Hashtag Tiger King Netflix. Hashtag HCSO. Wow. Currently, Don's case is not considered a murder. It's still an open missing persons case. And nothing has officially been linked to Carol Baskin, evidence-wise. Neither Carol nor anyone else has been looked into as a person of interest in this case. So obviously the police didn't find, they found so little tying her to it that, I mean, they never even named her as a, as a, as suspect. a suspect or person of interest. Yeah. What would deem it a murder? Like, there just is not enough evidence to support that? Or because there's no body? Well, I would think that if he'd been declared legally dead, wouldn't that kind of make it a murder? I, I guess, well, I guess not a murder, but a a death case. I mean. Yeah. Like, in an investigation of a, death yeah, or something. Yeah, death investigation. Yeah. Yeah. But it just seems to me, because in some cases that we've discussed, and maybe it's not specifically, like, it's not focused on a certain death, but there are other deaths that have been not unsolved. It's like... It just depends on who the investigators or the police are that it's like either it's declared a homicide or not. Like, is it just up to whoever's investigating? Yeah, Yeah, I think the laws are different everywhere, too. You know what they do, because it, it I mean, it definitely is super hard to prosecute without a body. 100 percent. Because the defense can always say. He's an adult. He could disappear if he wanted to. And he was taking multiple trips out of the country. Mm-hmm. Something could have happened for sure. He could just be living in a, I don't know, in the jungle somewhere. I mean, right. like it's it could happen. Yeah, exactly. So you, I mean, you just never know. Um, I think it like so with all the Tiger King stuff, with all the Carol Baskin stuff. The memes are hilarious. I love the memes. I like a good Carol Baskin meme as much as anybody else does. Um, but I think. To be in the true crime world, there are there are cases that will research will look up and maybe there's not direct forensic evidence that ties somebody, but you know, you feel pretty sure that they did it. Um I actually don't necessarily feel that way about this case. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it looks bad. I think she presents herself in kind of a bad light in a lot of ways. I don't think there's enough there to say that she did anything. So I, I just think that if we're going to be really serious about being involved in like the true crime world that you kind of just have to be careful about just again, assuming somebody's guilty without any evidence. So it's not been a trial. You know, my, my final opinion is going to be that I don't know if she did it. I would need to see evidence. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to go screaming off the rooftops that Carol killed Don fed him to the tigers. I don't know that that happened. Well, and I think too, exactly you're absolutely right and i think that it's hard in some cases especially when you have some like a personal opinion of somebody like i don't know that's the thing though with documentaries and with um ah anything i mean just an interview you see a specific or a certain side of someone and you don't see the whole thing and maybe they come across terrible on camera or in uh in an interview audio interview or whatever and that doesn't mean that they're not good. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm yeah. just saying it's hard. It, it's cloudy because you're like, ugh, Carol. Yep. Yeah. Why? Why all the flower crowns? And it's like, it yeah. doesn't make her a murderer, though. Right. And a lot of people are just nervous on camera. Like, right. you kind of clam up and all that kind of stuff. So, right. yeah, I just think there's not enough evidence. I think that, I don't know. I don't even know. I, I don't 
think that he's still alive. I would be I would be shocked if he turned up somewhere. Yeah, alive. I think that I just feel like he wouldn't he wouldn't work out this deal with Carol and be like, "You can keep millions of dollars, I'll keep millions of dollars and fuck my kids." Like I feel like he would have at least tried to take care of them and because of the way that everything played out, they say they got basically nothing. Right. So I I don't I think that he would have wanted to take care of his kids. So I'm not sure that he disappeared on purpose. So I think that maybe something happened. But I do think there's still enough possibilities and not one of them has been ruled out. If the police had ruled all these other things out and the only avenue left was Carol, okay, but that's not where we are with it. Mm -hmm. So I think there's just still too many directions you can go in to say one way or another. Yeah, I agree. And I think, I mean, unfortunately for Carol and I guess now for Howard, it's fun to do that whole, like, oh, that bitch Carol Baskins, and, you know, she killed her husband, and the memes are, like we said, the memes are funny, all that kind of stuff, but, yeah, I don't know. I think it's irresponsible to maybe just jump on that bandwagon and be like, yeah, she definitely did it. Right. nobody knows. Exactly. Nobody knows. Yeah. So, there you have it. There you have it. So, let us know what you think. Um, it may be unpopular for us to say we, we're not sure that she did it, but... Well, but the police are saying that, too, so... Yeah. Nobody can be sure. So, right. I mean, you know, if you think she did it, that's fine. We can each have our own opinion, but, you know... For sure. Let us know what you guys think, and uh, we'll catch you back here next week. Bye. Bye. Okay, before we go, we have got some new patrons that we want to shout out and say, hey, girl, thanks. <sighs> All right, I'm just going to go for it, okay? Yeah, just, like, go for it. Okay. Shauna Sylvester. Minia? Oh... <laughs> Minia Olman Manan? I'm sorry. Kate Nelson. Abby Hate. Roseanne Fromaro. Pamela Warman. Jessica Milner. Ryan Bartz. Jordan Taylor. Megan Hills. Talia Nimitz. Jennifer Lynn. Caitlin Mathery. Mmm. Caitlin Matherly. Maritza. Azura Ariana Rain. Christy Lee. Ashley Gray. Brooke. Ashley Campion. Sarah Hamley, Jasmine Payton, Katrina Smith, Elizabeth Stiles, Lacey Treasure, Summer Woods, Taya Ghostone, Michaelin McCord, Tracy Anderson, Delaney Michelle Helton, Lucy, Jennifer Kaysen, Danny Ray, Gina Serrano, Allie Bratton, Caitlin, Lori R. Margaret. And a very special shout out to Kayla Porter, who is working currently. She's an RN working on a COVID unit in New Hampshire. We thank you for your service. And we thank everybody who's out there working in these units, uh, putting yourselves out there right in the danger zone to take care of anybody who needs you. So we uh we see you we appreciate you and thank you so much yay thank you we love thank you. you so much bye bye as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when i was looking to hire someone it was so slow and overwhelming I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.